David Flint, and welcome to Take Back Your Country. There is no problem in Australia, which, if it weren't created by the politicians, has not been made significantly worse by them. Now, the relative success which this country has recorded in relation to the Wuhan virus, or as the communists prefer to call it, COVID-19, has resulted from two things, not from our politicians, it's resulted from our geography, our geographic remoteness and the geographic fact that we are one or two islands. The correct action to take at the beginning of the crisis, and we didn't know much about it, was to close our international borders, which we did, not so well, but we certainly did that. And that was to allow an assessment, an assessment was to work out how serious the problem was, how virulent this virus would be. And the conclusion soon was that it was certainly worse than the flu, but not as bad as some of the other pandemics which we've known, for example, AIDS and also uh, polio. The solution, it was soon realised, was twofold. Firstly, protect the vulnerable, because this is a virus which clearly indicates which victims are more vulnerable than others. And they are the elderly and those with what the doctors call comorbidities, that is, other diseases. Those are the vulnerable. They should be protected. And the second thing to do was once vaccines were developed, give to the Australian people the choice of a number of vaccines, but always do this on the basis of the very important principle that vaccines are only there on the basis of informed consent. People have to agree to be vaccinated and they should be properly informed. And it's for governments to inform people, particularly about uh, the unintended consequences, the side effects of vaccines and how viable they are, how effective they are. What was never a solution was to go into a lockdown. We knew this, the world knew this, from world's best practice, which at that time was on the Republic of Taiwan, the island of Taiwan near China, which didn't use lockdowns, but was very effective, particularly in those early days. Now, you will remember that instead of following world's best practice, our governments in the so-called National Cabinet decided to go initially for lockdowns at enormous expense. They claimed they were doing this to flatten the curve. Now, flattening the curve means instead of, instead of the curve being very tight, uh, hospitals being filled with patients, you could spread them out over time. That was the purpose of the lockdown. It was never, never to ensure that the virus died, that it what didn't exist. And that's what happened. We had lockdowns at the beginning and they didn't work in the sense of getting rid of the virus. They stretched it out perhaps a little bit, but that wasn't necessary because... The information, the advice that the National Cabinet had was all wrong. It was based on Imperial College London and the projections were exaggerated 
much larger than we ever expected. During the last few months, the year or so of the virus, the commentariat has told us that there is one gold standard in relation to this, that is the New South Wales government, the New South Wales Premier. And that's notwithstanding that the mistakes were made with the Ruby Princess at the beginning, which led to a number of people catching the virus and, in fact, a number of deaths, not as bad as Victoria. But we were told that the New South Wales government was the gold standard. New South Wales government has its defects. It makes many mistakes, as governments do. Perhaps it's worse. The worst example of its defects is that although it is a coalition government, it has uh, failed completely in the area of education, like all Australian governments. Presiding over education, they have allowed education standards to fall constantly in Australia, so that now our education standards are significantly lower than those in comparable countries, so much that uh, a student of a certain age is at a lower standard in terms of education that, than a student of, say, Singapore. And in one respect, in relation to Kazakhstan, the government has failed terribly in relation to education. They've allowed the neo-Marxists to take control of the curriculum and the method of teaching so that in those crucial areas of maths, science, lit and literacy, our students are behind those of other countries and inadequate teaching is made of our history. In fact, a lot of the history which is being taught is clearly fake history. The government has failed there and in relation to uh, environmental matters and energy matters, the government's policy might as well have been written by the Greens. It's so far to the left. And in relation to another matter, that is in relation to abortion, the government, the Premier, seemed to allow priority to be given after the last election to an abortion bill which was so appalling it contained a degree of infanticide. That is, it would allow those children who survived an abortion to be eliminated. That was removed from the bill. But the, the government of New South Wales is certainly not so perfect and they haven't set the gold standard because they've gone to the first false solution. There are two false solutions in relation to this virus. One is lockdowns. The second is compulsory vaccinations. Firstly, in relation to lockdowns, the New South Wales government has decided on a very serious lockdown at the present time and gone further than anybody else in that has extended it to the construction industry. After the government announced that, there was a call to one of the talkback stations in Sydney, a very popular program, very serious program run by Michael McLaren on 2GB Sydney and 4BC Brisbane. The person who called in was a construction worker. He said he'd been working about a year ago in a major project in Sydney, and he said that the, if there was anything the bosses in the construction industry did in those big projects was to be completely compliant in relation to all of the measures you can possibly take to minimise the risk of the virus, 
because the result would be if the virus got into the project and they lost a large number of members of staff either because they were ill or because they had to go into isolation, it would have a terrible effect, a massive effect on a very expensive project which would cost millions of dollars. We also learned from the Chief Medical Officer in New South Wales that the decision in relation to closing down the construction industry was taken without medical advice. It possibly is not lawful because the measure was taken under the Public Health Act and if it's not taken with medical advice and contrary to medical advice, it wasn't said it was contrary to medical advice, but it is highly questionable to close down a whole industry with large numbers of people working there, destroy jobs and uh, destroy all sorts of businesses in association with that, it's terrible to do that if it's not justified by medical advice, as we're always told it is. We're always told that everything is justified by medical advice. We never see that advice. It's about time the politicians showed us the advice they're getting. The second false solution is in relation to vaccination. Now, the proper course of action for the governments in relation to vaccination was to make available a selection of whatever vaccines were produced to the Australian people and allow the Australian people to be vaccinated if they wished on the basis of informed consent. Two things are very crucial to informed consent. First, you should be advised of side effects. And according to the Australian, the other day, six people have died from AstraZeneca injections in Australia because of the complications that come from that. Six seems to be quite a large, a rather high number, particularly in the period in which the injections have taken place. And it comes quite close to the number of people in that time who have died from the virus. So it's a very concerning matter, that side effect. And the other thing we should be advised about the vaccines is how how successful they are. In Britain, it's been revealed that 40% of the people in hospital with the virus, 40% are people who are vaccinated. And similar figures are being produced in Israel where they're conducting a major survey into finding out how effective these vaccines are. We're entitled to know this. The thing is, when the politicians are saying this, they seem to be saying that the vaccines will produce the effect we want and they'll be able to do away with lockdowns because they'll stop the virus spreading and uh, that people won't catch it and they won't infect others. Well, that's not so. The viruses are not as effective as we thought. The important thing is, the important thing is that the the politicians not decide that they have to inject everybody. There There are already some jobs, some positions where they have legislated to require that people in those positions be vaccinated. But to have that applying to the general population talk, to have that applying to doing all sorts of things that people want to do, go to restaurants, uh, 
work in areas where being vaccinated could not really be a special requirement. None of these should be considered by the politicians. These would be a dreadful intrusion on the rights of Australian people. And we should remember that politicians only rule with our consent. The consent to an extent is fabricated because so many of the elections have a significant degree of fraud and the pre-selections are so often pre-arranged by the political parties without genuine pre-selections, with uh, with pre-selections where it is the power brokers and others, the lobbyists and so on in the party who determine who is elected rather than the members of the party or the members of the party is very much close so that the pre-selection is very much in the control of power brokers in the party. We have a lot to expect from our politicians, above all, that they should rule with our consent. We have in Australia a system of representative democracy. It has been captured. It has been captured by various power brokers and lobbyists capturing the principal parties, so much so that pre-selections are very much quite often not awarded to the person who has the greatest merit, they're awarded to persons who owe the greatest degree of loyalty to a given power broker. So we have a situation in Australia where our elections are suspect, there's a degree of fraud in them, and the pre-selections are very much confected. And it can't really be said that we are taking the role we should be in relation to our representative democracy. What we desperately need is something which is available in Switzerland that is more direct democracy. Direct democracy through the use of citizen-initiated referenda, through the right of recall elections and other tools means that the people make the politicians much more accountable. Instead of being accountable every three or four years in a confected election, where the pre-selections are pre-arranged, we should have the situation where the politicians are accountable as anybody else is in business or in employment, where the politicians are accountable 24-7 as they are in Switzerland. And that is the point of what we are proposing in this program. It is for Australians to take back their country. Thank you.